Our passage this morning is uh, Psalm 118. As I mentioned last week, we're going to take a short break from John. John will appear periodically until we're through like chapter 7. Uh, Shane has asked me to preach at RUF in a few weeks, and I thought most of the college students aren't here. We have a few uh, hardy ones that came even during spring break. So I'll preach it here, kind of get a trial run. And I thought if I could get this crowd to be thankful then I can get college students to be thankful. That's the goal. So we are looking at thankfulness as a theme, uh, honing in on Psalm 118. And we're going to do maybe something a little, it is different. We're going to read this twice. And we're going to read it this way. We're going to stand and we're going to read this together. You're not going to just sit and hear me read it. I wanted Abby to do it, but she's in uh, the nursery this morning. So it's going to be all of us reading in unison as the Psalms were designed, although some of they were usually sung. And then at the end of our service, where we normally have a call, well, we do have a confession of faith, this will also be our confession of faith. We'll read it again. And in the space between those two readings, hopefully, more of it will make sense so that by that second reading, there's a little bit more of aha, I understand what the Lord is doing in this Psalm. So if you'll stand with me, let's read Psalm 118 together. In unison. And uh, if you get a little bit off of cadence, if it's not quite flowing, that's okay. What I want is for you to feel the thankfulness that we are encouraged to have in Psalm 118. Here we go. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say, his steadfast love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, His steadfast love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, His steadfast love endures forever. Out of my distress, I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is on my side as my helper. I shall look in triumph on those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All nations surrounded me. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They surrounded me, surrounded me on every side. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They surrounded me like bees. They went out like a fire among thorns. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. I was pushed hard so that I was falling, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Glad songs of salvation are in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord exalts. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. The Lord has disciplined me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. 
This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has made his light to shine upon us. Bind the festal sacrifice with cords up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give you thanks. You are my God, I will extol you. O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. This is the word of the Lord. And you may be seated. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, how glorious to hear your people confessing and relishing in the thankfulness of salvation. We pray, Lord, that as we talk about thankfulness and we look at this psalm, we pray that your spirit who promises to be here would open our eyes, open and search our hearts to see the places where thankfulness could set us free. Amen. How do you feel now? That's better, right? Like you started with some questions in your mind, but by the end, right, you feel thankful. Um, segueing to my opening thought, I am someone who I think I'm a thankful person, but if I'm really honest, I'll tell you where I struggle to be thankful. When I receive a present, like it's hard. And so when Emily and I were engaged, I was 20, we were 20, and uh, we got married when we were 21, but there were these things called showers. And I was so thankful that I didn't have to go to those, except for one, because I, I was not really involved in most of the planning. I, didn't, I think I'd been to one wedding before our marriage, right? So she had to like, we should, we should go to this one wedding so you know what they look like. And um, so we're at this shower. It's a couple shower. I knew 3% of the people. All of her family friends came. I knew more than that. Some of my, my friends were there, and uh, I just remember thinking, are we going to be opening presents? Like, am I going to be sitting there? What's it going to be like sitting there while you're opening gifts, and I don't even know, like, what they are? And, and when I do recognize, oh, that's a plate, I don't know that I care. You know, like, how do I show thankfulness? Uh, the good news is I was thankful, and it was a really fun shower. Actually, someone brought me a basketball. Remember that? Someone thought, you know, this is, let me give him something he'll like to open, you know. I was like four. I opened a basketball. Why is it so hard to be thankful? Like, are you thankful? There's a book written by Jerry Bridges. He's a famous author. He's passed away now, but he wrote, remember, The Pursuit of Holiness, Transforming Grace, The Disciplines of Grace. The last book he wrote is called Pardonable Sins. It's a very good book, and he really goes through sins that most Christians would just sort of think are pardonable. These aren't problems. And one of them is unthankfulness. And I, when I read that chapter a few years back, I felt convicted because I realized we don't talk a lot about being thankful. And so what we're going to look at this morning is how, first of all, being thankless in our souls is really, really bad. It's an indication of godlessness. So we need to pay attention to that. But, and what we're going to find is as we learn and enter into this process of thanksgiving and being thankful for God and for salvation, my hope is you'll see the freedom you'll find in being thankful. It actually will set you free. So that's what we're going to process together this morning. Three things. What is it? Why is it? And how do we do it? So there we are. So what is thankfulness? Uh, kind of a silly question. 
Everyone knows, right, what it means to be thankful. I started writing a definition. I think most of the time we think of it as the outward expression, right? A thank you note, a, a, a word, thank you, right? Often I'm driving away from paying like way too much money at a fast food restaurant. My kids are not here. I can talk about them all I want this morning. And it's like, has anyone said thank you? You know, like just say the words. The food went in and now we're off. So there's the outward expression of thanks, but it's, it's much more than that, right? Um, I want us to process how thankfulness really is a heart posture. It, it stems from our heart, and it really, the outward expression is only a reflection of what's happening inside. Thankfulness is hard, I think, and I started processing this, because to be thankful is to be vulnerable. Right? Have you ever thought about that? To be thankful means you're sort of being vulnerable. You're, you're admitting, I needed your help. Have you ever tried to open a jar? What do you do? You pass it on to the person who goes, instead of saying, thank you, we say, I got it started for you. Right? Like, there's, a, there's this fear of saying, I needed you. I was worn out. My muscles had become depleted. I needed your fresh strength. So what do we do? We take credit for it. Um, we have a tough time being truly thankful in the book of Romans, and we, we had some of that in our confession this morning, Paul famously uh, starts to talk about mankind in our fallen state prior to Christ's saving us. And I think many of you know some of the words he uses. But he says, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. So there's this sense in which Turning from God is equivalent to also not giving him thanks, right? So we have a tough time with being thankful at times. Um, here's another thought. Like, to be thankful and why, what it is is to admit you needed help. But what about when people take you to lunch or buy you something you could buy yourself? Why would you be thankful there? And the answer is it's not that they, you couldn't afford your lunch. It's that you needed friendship. You needed community. You needed a gift. You needed someone to say, I'm thinking about you. I'm caring for you. And so in our vulnerability, we can say thank you because we actually are admitting the fact that we needed that community, right? And so in Psalm 118, we see this thankfulness throughout. It starts with, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And, and the point I'm trying to make is it goes deep into our soul Later in verse 14, he says, the Lord is my strength and my song. So the idea that thankfulness ought to be sort of an embedded song that drives us. Um, I was trying to think of an illustration for like, it, 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 to me it's very similar to joy. Like joy is not necessarily the same thing as thankfulness, but thankfulness certainly is expressed joyfully, right? So I thought of Buddy the Elf. Like, that is the best Christmas movie since I've been an adult, right? My early life, it was Christmas Vacation. I'm talking about worldly Christian movies. I don't know very many godly Christian movies. Anyway, Buddy the Elf, though, played by Will Ferrell, you know the story. He was adopted by Santa, okay? It's not a true story. And he becomes this tall, you know, humanoid thing, and all the elves are kind of like, not only do you not look like us, but you really don't know how to be an elf. So he realizes, he finds out he was adopted, and he goes to New York City to find his dad. And as he comes into New York, he just has this wonder about him. I actually tried to find some clips. There's a, he sees Macy's, you know, Santa, you know. And he gets hit by a taxi, 
And then he stands up and goes, I'm sorry, that was my fault. I'm just like, I want to be like, buddy, my favorite little piece of humor that I'm glad didn't fall off the editing floor is just that moment where he's walking down the street and he sees world's best cup of coffee and he opens the door. Congratulations, you did it. Yes. And they're looking at him like, what is going on? Now, he's not thanking people, but it's that it's, he's, he's overflowing with joy. And I actually did some Googling and there are like businesses are trying to tap into what he had. What is it that Buddy had? And I would just say one of the aspects of allowing for that is his vulnerability. Like that, I think we're all terrified of being that vulnerable, right? Being exposed, like being that happy, right? Isn't the other shoe going to fall? And so as I thought through this idea of thankfulness and what it is, I want us to know it's it's not just something you do outwardly at at like after a birthday gift, a lunch, whatever but it's an actual disposition of all of life. And uh, one of the places that's sort of, I don't want to say it's haunted me, but it's pro- I've been processing it for years, I've talked about it a little, is Philippians. Right? In Philippians 4, Paul is talking about rejoicing and being filled with joy. And in a very famous scripture that our children have memorized, many of you have memorized, starting at verse 6, do not be anxious. And a lot of us struggle with anxiety. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Like, have you ever stopped and thought about, like, when I'm anxious, I'm not being, like, I'm not thankful, Paul. Like, right, at that moment, I'm filled with anxiety. Uh, It's a lot to ask me to even pray. That's a huge step. And we would encourage that. And so Paul's saying, take your anxieties to the Lord. But he's adding this other piece with thanksgiving. It's very hard to be anxious while being thankful, right? Isn't it? Like, how would I be anxious about an upcoming test or interview or whatever if I'm sitting there thanking God for the very things I'm anxious about? And so I think what Paul's doing there is not just giving you a good strategy. I think he's revealing a heart that knows the love of the Father is thankful, and can face the anxieties of life much more readily and with the Lord's help. So thankfulness is an inner disposition. But to really understand it and looking at our psalm, we're going to start processing this passage. We need to know why we're to be thankful. Um, and in verse 5, he starts by saying, "Out of my, he personalizes it. Out of my distress, I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free. So thankfulness stems from rescue, right? He says it again, the Lord is on my side. What can man do to me? He, he, he marches through this psalm and he, desc- he describes really two options that we all have. Do you trust and find refuge in man or do you trust and find refuge in God? And thankfulness is the person who recognizes our refuge is in the Lord. And in verse eight he says, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. He repeats it. Verse 9, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. Right? So we have this tendency to struggle with thankfulness because we're always looking over the horizon. Like, what's coming my way? How am I being treated? Where is my rescue? How's our government? How are the politics? How's the company doing? How's the church doing? How's the marriage doing? We're looking at our version of princes 
rather than taking refuge in who God is. And as he, as he continues through this psalm, I want to just reiterate what he, how he opens, because the whole psalm follows out of this. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for two reasons. He is good, and his steadfast love endures forever. So this idea that he is good is he's a rescuing God. Um, I, love, I love the part we, we read together about the nations surrounding you. Um, the nations surround me. Do you ever come to a psalm and think, well, that's never happened. I'll skip that section. Do you ever do that? Anyone? I do that. Like, well, I've never been a king. Nations have never surrounded me. So I'll kind of move on. But when you start to read the description, they surrounded me like bees. Well, that's a pretty good image. Like, that's what anxiety feels like. Right? That's what problems feel like. They're just bees, and you can knock one off, and there's another one landing and stinging, and, and you want to just run and jump in the water like the cartoons. Bees or, or fire among thorns. And what the psalmist is saying, but in the name of the Lord, in the refuge of the Lord, through thankfulness, I was able to cut them off. The Lord is my song. So God is good, we, we give thanks, but he also is everlasting, and we give him thanks. Like the salvation he brings is everlasting. And so I want to just uh, draw our attention to this part of the psalm where it transitions in verse 19. It says, Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me, and you have become my salvation. And hear these words. This is really important. The stone that the builders rejected has become my cornerstone, has become the cornerstone. A cornerstone is something we don't talk about, but in that day and age before there was scaffolding and other things, it was that stone which set the structure. As goes the cornerstone, goes the rest of the structure. And what you have in this psalm is a procession into Jerusalem and into worship and into the, whole, into the holy places. And the temple had the cornerstone that set the rest of the structure. And we know that Jesus refers to himself as that cornerstone. And it's shocking that there would be a builder or any person who would look at that cornerstone as perfect as Jesus is and reject it. And so the question for us is, what do we do with Jesus as our cornerstone? Um, I was reading from Derek Kidner, who's a very good uh, commentary on, on Psalms. I highly recommend them. He says, in the re referencing this verse, here is the first hint that in the ring of foes, that is enemies, were the, build, were the builders themselves, the men of power in Israel. And Isaiah shows that they are rejecting God's cornerstone in this way, in his own day, excuse me, for the refuge of lies. And in the New Testament, it leaves no doubt that this stone is foreshadowed to be Christ, and it leads to the, process, the procession of Hosanna, Hosanna on, on Palm Sunday. So we are just a few weeks away of celebrating this day where Jesus comes in to Jerusalem, and the people who are traveling with him lay down palm branches and, and confess, Hosanna, Hosanna, in the highest. And so we come back to our psalm and we read this knowing Christ, knowing that he's that stone. And we rejoice with him, but we continue with the psalmist that the Lord is God. He has made his light to shine upon us. Bind the festal sacrifice with cords up to the horns of the altar. 
And what you have image is this. Jesus on the cross takes all of your sin, takes all of your stress, takes all of your problems and wipes them away. Now we know that gospel. But then we hear that, we process that, we sort of know it, and how do we respond? Are we thankful? Are we rejoicing? And I have to confess, though I know that reality, it takes a lot of preaching it to myself to become thankful. And that's what I'm encouraging us to do. And the words from Hebrews 10, just hear the words in the New Testament looking backwards on what Jesus has done. This is the covenant that I will make with them. He's quoting the Old Testament. I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. Where in Hebrews 10, verse 17, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. He's wiping them away. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer an offering for sin. Therefore, brothers, this is what we have, brothers and sisters, we have the confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus by the new and living way that he opened up for us through the curtain. So earlier in our confession of sin, we studied this long, daunting list of sin patterns, and those sins are true of us before we came to Christ. And in our old man, we could still say the old man struggles with sin, but what we have here is this promise of a new man, that you have been adopted, that Jesus' spirit is on you, that you are a new creation, And so now you are healed and you are cleansed and you can be thankful. What does that look like? Well, I have a story for you. In Luke 17, Jesus, it's called Jesus cleanses the 10 lepers in my Bible. And I processed this with my daughters this week. And uh, I said, you know what leprosy is, right? And they both knew. And so I read the story and we talked about it. And I think Emily told me this morning, Bonnie ran in and said, I already had my devotional today, Mommy. Uh, Dad talked about the 10 leprechauns. Is that right? So, St. Patrick's Day on the mind. The 10 leprechauns. These are lepers, not to be confused with cute little green men that give you gold. A leper is a fully grown man that you don't want to be anywhere near, okay? Uh, Picture the father, uh, Robert or Bruce's father in Braveheart. I like that movie a lot, so I can reference that movie a bunch. Anyway, flaky skin. Uh, you don't want to go near them because you'll get the disease. Uh, but also in that culture, of course, with cleanly, clean laws and rules, they can't even go worship. They can't even go do anything that would remotely move them into a spiritual realm. So Jesus, in Luke 17, is heading from Galilee. He's going to go through Samaria and, and on down into Jerusalem. And before entering Samaria, there's a village and it tells us that these lepers, knowing Jesus, knowing his, his um, healing nature, they yelled, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. That, that reminds me a little bit of our story in John where the man came to bring Jesus back to heal his son. And Jesus said, return, he's healed. The amount of faith required to just hear, kind of go ahead and leave and go to the priest and be cleansed. And they do. They turn, they leave Jesus, and they go, and um, it says, and as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, didn't go to the priest yet, turns back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now, he was a Samaritan. 
Then Jesus answered, we're not 10 cleansed. There are, where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And the man said to him, or Jesus said to the man, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. A better, another translation, your faith has saved you. What is your response to salvation? Like, let me encourage you to become thankful for salvation. Now, how do you do that? My assumption right now is this. We have no idea. Like, yes, we sort of know, but I think you're following logically. Okay, I get that thankfulness is a heart disposition. Okay, I see the reason is that Jesus has saved me. Now what do I do? So let's walk through some steps. I'm going to give you four steps to have thankfulness. You ready for that? I don't usually do this, but this is what we're going to do. First, recognize you're unthankful. Right? Recognize that. Have you recognized your lack of thankfulness? I certainly need to do that. Now, I don't mean just beat yourself up. Okay? Living in light of the gospel means I am now free to look at my heart and ask questions with curiosity. Like, why am I not thankful for my home, for my material blessings, for my spiritual blessings? I think it's a very healthy beginning to just to admit and recognize, right? Uh, recognize thankfulness for salvation, for spiritual gifts, for hardship. Like, that's really hard, but recognize I'm not thankful about that. Uh, maybe you pray over meals, but you're not really thankful. You're like thinking the whole time, I'm ready to eat. Like our kids are putting food like this in their mouth as we're trying to have a, a meal, a prayer for a meal. We'll come back to recognize in a minute, but I just want to start there. Now you need to state the truth, right? Stating the truth. This is a little bit Philippians 4 again. It's, it's admitting, Lord, I see this area and I'm supposed to be thankful. Uh, and you're, you're kind of processing, why am I not thankful? And you're applying scripture to the problem, right? Like, um, why am I not thankful that I have a great job? Why do I not feel thankful for my marriage? Why do I not, like, what are you not feeling thankful for? And you go to scripture and you start to at least see that you should feel thankful, right? That's good. Like, you're acknowledging, okay, this is where I want to go. I'm curious as to why I'm not there, step one. Step two, this is where I want to go. Now, what's step three? You ready for step three? Step three is start being thankful. Not really. I mean, kind of. Are you saying thankfulness? We're going to do an experiment. The first or the second, third, and fourth uh, verses in this text are the leader of worship asking people to respond with these words, his steadfast love endures forever. Can everyone say that with me? Okay, you guys are Israel, you guys are Aaron, and you guys are those that fear the Lord. Now, I recognize that the writer is not separating out these three spheres, but we're going to do this, okay? So I'm going to say the first part, and you guys are going to say loudly what? This. Are we all ready? Okay. Let Israel say... Let the house of Aaron say, Let those who fear the Lord say, You want to do it one more time? See if you can win. Let Israel say, 
Let the house of Aaron say, Let those who fear the Lord say, Hallelujah. What is happening in that moment is the thing we talked about last week with affect, that we, our bodies respond. Have you, you've, you've heard of the, the theories when you smile, you feel happier, that kind of a thing. God has provided ways for you to be with other humans in thankfulness, to walk up to someone and say, thank you. Maybe you didn't feel it yet, but by doing that, you begin to feel thankful, right? By coming into worship, like at the beginning of this service, your body is different than it is by the end. You begin to feel thankful. So if you are recognizing the areas, you are applying your theology that I, God has provided, he's delivered me, and I should be thankful, and then you begin to proclaim that, you will begin to feel that joy come in. And you'll sense your vulnerability. You'll sense your hesitancy. You'll notice, I'm afraid of being thankful. Why? Because the other shoe could fall. Have you ever had that thought? If I get too thankful, maybe I'm going to lose it. Again, that's exposing you and your theology. You need to come back to the gospel. Wait a minute. Jesus has secured my salvation forever. And so now I can be thankful for everything, even hardships. Um. We moved to uh, Edmond from our, we had been in Fort Collins for six years, moved to Edmond, and prior to the home we rented, I think, Charlotte, you saw that house, there was this other house we were in for a summer, my mom's house, we were just there last night. It's a very tiny house for our whole family to be in with my mom. So we moved in for a summer, and Emily and I had our room, and our four kids had a room that's like the size of these closets. Four kids. Now, they were smaller back then. They were in bunk beds and all this organization. And uh, then I'd go off to work. My mom went off to work. And Emily has four kids. It's our hometown, but, like, what do I do? We talked about this recently, um, yesterday. And uh, something that had happened that coincided with that was uh, she had come to a book study talking through thankfulness. So she started keeping a thankful journal. And, I mean, I remember her doing this. And, like, just little things like thankful. I should have you come talk about it. Thankfulness for like Coleman's feet. She said that yesterday, and Coleman was the only child in the car. He's like, What's so good about my feet? Well, they were like this big and they were really cute, and just thankfulness for the sunshine. Like, just you had to write like a thousand things that you were thankful for. And I, I just want to encourage us to realize that um, it is good to be thankful, it is good to express thankfulness because Jesus indeed has rescued you. And if we're waiting around for the feeling first, it may not come. Our job is to believe it through recognizing our lack of it, for believing the gospel through stating the truth, and then by saying it together, privately in our devotions, in our journals, with a close friend, in a small community, and then coming in here, and as the worship team leads us, singing boldly, our thankfulness and our praise to Jesus. Let us not be the nine lepers. Let us be the one. You have been cleansed. So normally at the end of a service, I close in prayer, and then we do a confession of faith, not to be confused with the confession of sin. This morning's confession of faith was going to be Isaiah 55, but what I want to do for our confession of faith is stand again, and we will read Psalm 118, and confess our thankfulness to the Lord before taking the Lord's Supper. 
So let's read again in unison. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say, his steadfast love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, his steadfast love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, his steadfast love endures forever. Out of my distress, I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is on my side as my helper. I shall look and triumph on those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All nations surrounded me. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They surrounded me, surrounded me on every side. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They surrounded me like bees. They went out like a fire among thorns. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. I was pushed hard so that I was falling, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Glad songs of salvation are in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord exalts. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but I shall live. And recount the deeds of the Lord. The Lord has disciplined me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has made his light to shine upon us. Bind the festal sacrifice with cords up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, I will extol you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. You may be seated. Amen. We are thankful, Lord, for salvation and rescue. Lord, our years on this earth and our mortal bodies are short. Our years before your face in heaven are eternal, and we long to see your face. We pray that that longing would lead us to thankful, joy-filled lives this side of heaven, that heaven would break in through this congregation, giving, reviving, Lord, the revival that would be started by being thankful and filled with joy, even and especially in the midst of darkness and hardship and brokenness. 
Lord, let us be a congregation known for our joy, for your glory. Amen.